Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Things. We're back, man. Episode 207. Before we, before we get into it, man, special ad read from our friends over at Clap Cleats. Clap Cleats is the first ever sex sock for those that want to figure out what this thing is about. We've been talking about them for quite a while now, so I'm pretty sure some of you guys are up to speed. But if you're not, this is a sock that is specially engineered for certain sexual positions, one of them being doggy style, which is a fan favorite. <laughs> My bad. I'm not even paying. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's all good. Doggy style, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> this, this, these socks are a real, cl- a real crowd pleaser, and a lot of people are talking about their experiences with clap cleats. Mm-hmm. And it ain't just us trying to put out this fake narrative about these socks being good for sex. These socks, they 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 basically enable you, I won't say enable, but they basically allow you to get a firm grip on the ground, whether you're using, you're having sexual relations on carpet or mm-hmm. on hardwood flooring, which I would, I would uh, assume that hardwood flooring would be kind of painful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, are we playing basketball or having sex? What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> yeah, but these... Um, used to be white, but now they're black because I've been putting these to use lately. So. Man, he's been wearing them socks out. I've been wearing them out and wearing ass out too. So, all right, give it up for Keith wearing out that ass. <laughs> all right, and this is also Keith's f- uh, first podcast back from his birthday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty year old man. I'm a old man now. Yeah, Jesus Christ. And, and when you turn thirty, you need clack cleats to kind of, <laughs> kind of, you know, take off the edge from you being in your thirties now. Yeah, this is thirty year old dick now. This ain't the no traction is different. This is different, yeah. man. This ain't no twenty something year old. This is over thirty year old dick, man. We, yeah, we need as much help as we can get. Mm-hmm. Some of these ladies are too aggressive and they wear us out. Yeah, so we need as much help as we can get. Yeah, those young women in their twenties now, damn crazy. Throwing back that twenty-six year old ass, ain't no joke, man. <laughs> it ain't no joke, dude. <laughs> it was it was so tough. One day I started praying one time. I was like, please, Lord, she's throwing it back so hard. Lord, please don't let me bust quick. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you God was praying like, to God while you about to bust. I bet is you crazy. God was like, nigga, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of these niggas asking me for this. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I wonder, I wonder if you'd be like, God, please don't let me bust quit. And God be like, this nigga trash. God forward and calls when you talk about <laughs> sex in your prayers. <laughs> oh That's man. Crazy. But yeah, head over to clapcleats.com and use special discount code trucker69 for a 15% discount. Once again. Head over to our friends at clapcleats.com <clears throat> and use discount code trucker69 to get these socks. Yeah. I'm going to use I'm a really I was just playing. I'm going to use these one day and then I'll come on the platform and give a real Definitely got to use them since yeah. you got these socks from them. I ain't got no pussy, so <laughs> I definitely got I definitely got to use yeah, these socks sometimes. It's a desert soon. out here. Yeah, yeah, man, it's dry, man. Mm-hmm. The, I guess women are raising their standards. They're like, I, I don't fuck truck drivers. <laughs> yeah, that's all good, ladies. We still love you. All right, let's get right into it. Gas prices. As we've all seen recently, gas prices have went up significantly, but no need to fret. Okay, this is something that has already happened. I remember when I was in college back in the day, gas got up to five fucking dollars a gallon in 2008. So, yeah, 2000s, like late 2007, 2008, that shit was expensive. Mm-hmm. All right. National average for a gallon of gas tops $4, the highest price at the pump since 2008. 
Gasoline prices surged to the highest level since 2008 on Sunday as crude oil supply fears stemming from Russia's war on Ukraine increased the impact of consumers at the pump. The national average for a gallon of gas hit $4.09 on Sunday, according to, tri- to AAA, which is the highest since July 2008, not adjusting for inflation. Prices have been rising at a fast clip. Consumers are paying 40 cents more than a week ago and 57 cents more than a month ago. In some places, consumers are paying much more. California's average is now $5.28 per gallon. The jump in prices follows a surge uh, surge in the price of oil amid Russia's war in Ukraine. The underlying, underlying cost of oil accounts for more than 50% of cost of gas that consumers put in their cars and u.s oil is trading at levels trading levels not seen since 2008 okay look here folks this is what i'll say a lot of people are complaining about the price of gas like oh my god this gas is so high unless you're gonna get a skateboard just shut the fuck up yeah i have not really worried about the price of gas for years i really haven't that's not to say oh i got so much money eddie's rich fuck no i'm far from that but I'm not going to complain about something I have no control over. You, you're either going to put fucking gas in your car or you're not. Mm-hmm. I think that as Americans, we're complainers. Mm-hmm. We are complainers. We will complain about shit and not do. We will complain about something and still partake in the thing we complain about. Because mm-hmm. people are too lazy. Everybody's fat and lazy. They are not walking anywhere. I'm not walking nowhere. Yeah. So, like, come on. Nobody's going to walk anywhere. So, motherfucker, just stop. Who cares? Sometimes you got to get your rocks off, though. Like, man, this gas is high as hell, and then you're still going to spend $75 to fill up your tank. So it's like, Which what? doesn't really do anything, but no, you know, it, may, go, it may make you feel better. Just go see a therapist, motherfucker. <laughs> you're going to complain about something. Hey, you know what you need to do? Go get one of those fucking bird scooters and take it to work. Yeah, that might be. Yeah. I mean, I mean, think <laughs> about it. We got a bunch of fucking bird scooters all over Bakersfield, mm-hmm. all over the place, and nobody's really using them. The kids be using them. I be seeing the kids. I, I see. A, sometimes I see a group of people using the bird scooters, but it's like only for like content purposes. They probably <laughs> they doing YouTube videos. Look, we're using scooters and put, let's put it on YouTube and yeah. get seven views. <laughs> I don't want to give a fuck about that shit. They on TikTok with the bird scooters. I seen yeah. a kid. They was doing some. It's, Man, somebody got murdered outside. My God, there's multiple ambulances. Yeah, it's been a dr- that was police. Yeah, it's been a drive by XL today. <laughs> yeah um but i seen a kid on the um it was like a group of kids and they were on the the bird scooters mm-hmm. but they took one of the like the trash you know the big tube trash cans yeah, that yeah. may be outside at, like during school or whatever yeah, yeah the big gray ones yeah mm-hmm. they took one of those and then they put it upside down and then the kid was like sitting on it while he was riding a scooter so it was like a seat and he was kind of elevated it was wild what uh, yeah, he was all in the street doing some crazy stuff. He was jumping on the, the trash can? He wasn't jumping on it. He had he used the trash can as something to sit on. It was like a seat, like a makeshift sit, uh, seat almost. Okay. And he was just riding a scooter, um, and he was sitting on the thing. So it was just like a seat that he could sit on. I don't know what the purpose of that was, but just kids being He, he took it with him? Yeah. He put it on the back of the scooter? Like, imagine that. The trash can outside of a liquor store. So, okay, like literally just took it, yeah. flipped it upside down, put it on the the feet part of the scooter, and sat on top of the trash can. And then he was riding the 
He was riding the bird scooter. These motherfuckers are so lazy, they can't ride a scooter the way it was meant to be driven. <laughs> this nigga didn't want to burn no calories. <laughs> it's already electric, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. But if we can't, they be having, I, I actually seen one day, um, this isn't like the bird scooters, but it was. they look like some lawyers or something, you know, like maybe in their 30s, and they were all driving these motorized uh, skateboards downtown. I was like, dang, this, they look super cool. Like, this, I don't know, suits man. On and stuff. I don't know if they was lawyer lawyers. They, they could have just been public defenders or something. They, uh, yeah. We I don't guess. have gas to get to work. <laughs> 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 I have to defend DeMonte today. <laughs> You're getting 20 years. <laughs> you know this. You know what public defenders do? The public defenders, if people don't know what they are, public defenders are not lawyers. They're basically people that you know that's that are paid by the local government or whatever. That that they just represent you. Mm-hmm. They all they do is allow people to take deals, and then they just basically put their hands up. Like, yeah, yeah, that's all they do. But also, public defenders don't get a fair shake because. It'd be a lot on a a lot on a plate, and yeah. a lot of these people be um, be guilty, and you know obviously they're fighting to try to prove their innocence or shorten the amount of time that yeah. they get in prison or whatever. But imagine getting like five murderers in a row that can't afford a, a real lawyer, and you just like I don't know what I don't know what to do. Yeah, you can't defend that. <clears throat> yeah, like this dude chopped somebody's head off. What the yeah. fuck are we gonna do? Well, he it wasn't his intention to chop his head all the way off. Just. Mm-hmm. Slightly dismember it, yeah. But, yeah. but I don't think there was any malicious intent there. Yeah, ninety years. Yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be crazy. What if you got ninety years and you outlived that fucking sentence? That would be wild. I think it's once possible. you got once you get to eighty years, they just gonna kill you. He probably, yeah, he probably wouldn't even want to be out. He would have like one. He he may have a month of actual living outside of prison. There was an inmate, and I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, shift gears too much but there was an inmate that said he was in prison so long that there was a there was um there was a co there and by the time the end of his sentence was about to end the co's son was working in there dang the he said that when the co had a baby everybody was congratulating him right they was congratulating him and telling him all congratulations on your baby and by the time his sentence ended that same baby was working in the fucking prison he the LeBron James of correctional officers. What? Not, no, 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 no. The inmate. No, what I'm saying is LeBron James wants to play basketball with his son. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah. That's 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 a uh, that's a harsh story. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, th- this gas ain't nothing you can do about it, people. Okay, the only thing you could do to keep up with inflation and with the things that are happening in this world is you have to make more money. That is all you can do yeah. is make more money. Because I hate to say this, folks. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. I've been broke more in my life than I've had any money. Okay? And I will tell you this. If you don't have money, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> That's true. They don't give a fuck. Rent still due. Car payments still due. Mortgage still due. Everything is still due. No one gives a fuck. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the money, they don't care. If you don't have gas money, you could cry and say, this isn't right. I don't have enough money to pay for gas. Everybody that's going to drive by you in their car because they pay for their shit. Mm-hmm. They're not going to feel bad for you. You're in, we're, we're all adults. No one cares. I'm sorry. They don't. The only thing that I do, and this isn't and 
doesn't really combat anything is I just try to uh, fill my gas tank up to full every yep. time. So it doesn't, I'm not as affected by the mm-hmm. ups and downs of the um, the gas prices as much. Obviously, when you fill it up, it is whatever price it is, it, it is what it is. But, you know, if I <clears throat> filled it up before it went up to 40 cents or whatever, um, I'll be good for at least a couple weeks. You know what I mean? But yeah. outside of that, you just yeah, you just got to make more money. Here's some advice. I think we need to be very intentional about where we go, right? So, for example, you fill your tank up and you want to go here or there, be very intentional about where you're going. If you feel like you could waste your time somewhere or something may not be that great, just don't even waste your time going. Yeah. Save your time and gas. More more importantly, save your time, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're just out here just going to every club or going here, going there, be like, we have to go out. Like, don't complain about gas. You could have been sitting your motherfucking ass down chilling. Yeah. Watching Netflix for free. Like, we in our 30s, man. Like, how many fucking places do you need to go? Yeah. That's a big red flag for me right there, too. This, this is kind of off topic. Whenever a girl is always doing some shit, always, always, always doing stuff, and she always in her 30s, in mix. Yeah. you always in the mix. You always at some place drinking or at some club or doing this or doing that. I'm like, oh, no, I'm good. She too, she doing too much for me. Yeah. You're not in your prime no more. You got to chill out. No, nah, you're not in your prime. But women, hold up, though. Women are in their <clears throat> sexual prime at 36. Good so for them. They've reached the fountain. The club. They've reached the fountain of WAP. The fountain of WAP. Yeah, yeah. that motherfucker gets super juicy at thirty six. <laughs> I don't know. I think as men, when we get older, we get less horny. Yeah. Right. We get less horny, and they get more horny. Why can't we ever be on the same page? Man, that's trash. Yeah, it's like you'd be like, you know what? I think we should go to you know we should probably go to Big Bear or something. And you know, maybe get some get some uh some skis or something. Yeah. And she'll just be like, I need some dick. Ha <laughs> My sex drive is like manual these days. Like, what do you mean? It's just it just takes a while to shift gears. I'm no. <laughs> 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 uh, stalling out. <laughs> oh man. This nigga Keith driving a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> A lot of times, bro, you don't even be horny like that. <laughs> it's not like your sex drive is like down, but it's like I just want to relax. Let's have sex tomorrow. I don't want to do all this right now. Yeah, I've had I had multiple conversations with men my age or older, some even younger. They'd be like, "Yo, man, like my wife was bugging me for sex before I went to work." I'm like, "Babe, I gotta go to work. <laughs> I already don't want to go to work, and now you want to have sex with me? Like, no, nah, man." Bro, you think about the stuff you would do in your late teens and early 20s to, like, just smash anything. Right. You might drive the bus across town. Right. You might walk two or three miles. You might wake up at 5 a.m. when her mom go to work, whatever the case may be. Yeah. But now it's like, if it ain't convenient, it's just like, I'll see you on the next. I remember it was times where, where you know you about to, it, this is like, you'd be like 22, 23, whatever. And you know you're about to get some pussy and you drive into the location, you know, mm-hmm. or you're on your way to go get laid and your dick is hard while you drive into <laughs> the destination. You already on hard in the car. That's comedy. Right? Yeah. It ain't like that in your 30s. <laughs> you be chilling and it's like your dick don't get hard till right when you about to have sex. That's comedy, man. Like right when you about, you know, it's like setting mm-hmm. up an appointment at the DMV. Boop. D nine <laughs> window number seven. 
You're like, okay, my dick hard now. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Let me pay for this registration. <laughs> oh man, yeah. it's different, man. Yo, it's a, it is a blessing to be older. I I, I hear a lot of people. Um, they they feel like, man, I haven't accomplished enough yet or right i haven't you know i'm i'm getting a little bit older i'm about to be 30 i'm about to be 35 whatever the case may be and they mm-hmm. feel like they're not at a place in life where they want to be yeah um i just say man it's everybody's timing is different man. way different like, you know it's for, even you know whether it's a relationship or marriage or having kids or you know being at, uh wherever you want to be in your career um everybody's everybody's pace is different and then yep. the the hardest part for us is that we compare ourselves to people who are relatively unsuccessful at things. Yes. Right? So we're comparing ourselves to um, like our parents whom may have, you know, had a failed marriage or we're comparing ourselves to our aunt or our uncle that got married when they was 18, but now they divorced. Right. And it's just right. like, you know, like, let's just try to focus on ourselves and then stop putting that this like social pressure of yeah. I'm supposed to do this by this age. Yeah. The the, 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 the problem with us too is where we create these metrics in our mind of what success or failure is, is because we paid too much <clears throat> attention to everyone else's fucking life. Mm-hmm. And we be like, Sally has a house at 26. Uh, David has a house at 26. Why don't I have a house? Mm-hmm. I'm doing something wrong. False. We reach different destinations at different times. Yeah. If you don't have a fucking house till you're forty, did you still have a house? Yes. Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta chill, man. You gotta be able to you have to be able to give yourself some grace, man. Chill the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Evaluate. Am I doing enough to get the things I want? If the answer is yes, but it's taking longer, then chill, man. Yeah. Chill the fuck out. Continue to be steadfast in the things you want. But don't sit back and be like, I'm a failure because I ain't got this. Stop. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Yeah, it's facts. Stop that, yeah. man. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's just one of those things. I think if we just focus on ourselves, we won't we won't even think about like, because that, that's all we're doing. We're only comparing ourselves yeah. to other people that have accomplished certain things at a younger age. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to be successful in any capacity. Yes. You know, especially being successful when you're younger and the way i look at it too the way i look at it too is like at least for me like i graduated college when i was 26 years old i think and i had to realize that i wasn't afforded the same um luxuries and opportunities that some people had you know if my parents didn't go to college and i don't know too many people with a degree I didn't know too many people that could help me manage, you know, or get a loan or, you know, figure out what school I should go to or whatever the case may be. So a lot of my time spent through my you know, college career was just figuring stuff out. And I think like when you look at things in that way, when you look at, you know, the home buying process or getting married or whatever, you you realize that no one is telling us how to do these things. We're just figuring it out. So it may take a little bit more time. Um, and then also, like, we're just a little bit more careful sometimes. We're a little bit more careful with our time and our energy. So we're not just expending energy in certain places right. just for the sake of it, you know, just doing stuff or trying to be um, fitting whatever we want to do in a certain time frame. So. Related to that, you also got to be careful with who you're watching and comparing yourself to and saying, oh, I'm a failure. The reason why you got to watch that is because some people pretend very fucking well. You may think that they are eyes and ears above you, but they're really not doing the work that you're doing. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? You know the people that you know the motherfuckers on social media that always got pictures of them and they significant other and they're by the beach and they got the man got a gold watch on with his shirt off and she's with in a bikini taking all these photos. Man, they broke. <laughs> yeah. They broke. They probably some they got out there on a free trip somewhere. They probably with somebody else. Like you never know. Be very careful who you compare yourself to because a lot of people fake very, very well. You have to you have to channel all of your focus on yourself, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, I don't know. We got into that wormhole. Guess that the topic oh, at the top was gas. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, um, to wrap this up, unless you plan on getting a skateboard or putting a dumpster on the back of a scooter, I don't <laughs> think <laughs> I don't think that you should even worry about it, man. This shit's gonna go back down or it's gonna go up. If gas got up to ten dollars a gallon, I'm still gonna be driving. <laughs> so will you. You're gonna complain about it. And it may and it may take up most of your check, but it is what it is. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the the biggest thing you said was just kinda if gas is starting to get high, just be more mindful of where you're going. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If you got if your gas is on E and you're trying to have a dick appointment, you might want to put a vibrator out. Yeah, it's, it's going to be some women like, there's going to be a lot of mad women with these gas prices. They're going to be like, I went to go get some dick and it was terrible. <laughs> I need my gas money back or an Uber or something. They just send them a request on Cash App. Yeah, yeah, they can send them a request like, um, uh, run that, please. <laughs> like, what, 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 what got to your money for? <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. If I gave a woman, right some, bro, I'm not even gonna lie. If I gave a woman some bad dick, I would probably send her a cash app. Cause how much you sending her? I uh, probably like thirty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's facts. Yeah, you know I'm saying get yeah. you a, get you a combo from you know El Pollo Loco. Get you a few of them. Sorry for wasting your time. Damn. Sorry, sorry for the bad dick. You know? <laughs> I'll, I'll be better next time. I pay your Netflix subscription for a month. Yeah, I pay that for a month. <laughs> Look, man, we're not always at the top of our game. Sometimes we give out bad dick, man. That's facts. Yeah. Sometimes we do, man. Yes. So all the guys that that be out here talking about, yeah, I be tearing it up. I be doing that. No, you don't. Not every time. I seen a really great TikTok from. Uh, I don't know if it was like a a nurse or like some sort of like sexual relationship. I expert. think I know what you're gonna say. Um, and the the thing was basically like women were complaining like my guy only lasts a minute or whatever and she was like part of the reason um for that is because you guys aren't having enough sex so she was saying like try having sex every day of the week or multiple times and then see how he pans out Mm. you know in a week or so so that i mean that happens too like if you if you if it's been like two three months and you you know you finally smash something like the experience, unless you got a blue chew and some clap cleats, the experience may not be, yeah. you know, what it hyped up to be. Women be horny at inconvenient times. You be like, man, I'm so depressed. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so turned on. <laughs> like, I can't fuck you like that. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. If I you know de- depression did. I'm one of those people that if I'm depressed or I'm going through it, I can't have sex, yo. Yeah. I'm just going through too much in my head to perform. Yeah. I might, I mean, you might get on the pussy and start tears start coming out your eyes. <laughs> like, oh my God, is it that good? <laughs> <laughs> you know, women got an ego problem. Like, oh my God, it's that good? <laughs> I, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> or they're insecure. Oh my gosh, is it that bad? You're like, oh my God, you're crying on my pussy. It's not good. <laughs> stop. Let's just stop having sex. <laughs> All right. Switching gears. A TikTok star arrested. 
Um, recently, a TikTok star was arrested after FBI identified this guy by his sneakers. A rising social media star was arrested after FBI connected him to a series of robberies by identifying his shoes on TikTok. Um, cho- his name is Chosen Chosen Terrell Hannah. Yeah, they chose you, all right. Uh, Twenty two has <laughs> over one hundred forty nine thousand followers on the so- on the social media app TikTok. Um, well, that's pretty much all they really had on this one. But basically, he was committing a string of robberies. And he was doing TikToks right after he was committing the robberies. What an idiot. Yeah. And they were looking at the videos and they got a special tip from somebody. Um, and the same shoes he robbed these places on, he was wearing them on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't understand how people don't think they won't get caught. Like people really think that this is 1960. Like they can't find ways to get you. Yeah. Before the podcast, me and Keith were talking about like they have this thing called bullet tracker. I think it is mm-hmm. where if you if you if somebody's shooting like pow 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 pow, they could use what is it Sonics? Mm-hmm. They could use Sonic <clears throat> technology to find out where those gunshots came from, yeah. and all the cops go to that area. Yeah. So when they're using Sonic technology, and we're not talking about Sonic the Hedgehog, we're talking this about Sonics <laughs> like sound waves. Yeah. When they can use Sonic technology to find where gunshots are coming from yeah they can use other forms of investigations to see hey who the fuck's robbing all these stores oh he wore these shoes especially if it's a very specific shoe for example imagine if it's a a jordan one that's pink brown and green right Mm -hmm. and imagine only pink brown and pink brown and green shoes came to the valley plaza mall um, a shipment came in of only 90 of those shoes. So one of the 90 people wearing those shoes committed the fucking crime. And they have raffles, too, now. What so, do you mean? Like, to in order to, to buy certain shoes, they have the raffles on the sneaker app and stuff like that. Mm. So They got it's, your information. It's, it's tied all. It's yeah, it's all, all tied, tied together. together. And then what they're going to do is they're going to look at the, the video and say, hey, What's the description of the guy wearing those Jordans? Oh, he has dreads. He had a mask on, but he's about six foot. Okay, let's go back to who got these shoes. Oh, boom. Size 13. Uh, Jamel Allen. He's the one who did it. Yeah. These are how they're getting busted. Um, There was a, a documentary called Nightcrawler. And the Nightcrawler was uh, terrorizing Los Angeles in the 80s. He was committing a bunch of home invasions, shooting, stabbing, and killing people. And... What ended up happening is the way one of them, one of the investigators found out who the fuck was doing it is he kept seeing this shoe mark at all the crime scenes. He took that shoe mark and was able to narrow down how many of those shoes from that company came into Los Angeles and narrowed it down to him. Mm -hmm. And then they they never could find him. But it's crazy. Even in the 80s, they had the technology to narrow down. Who bought what shoe, where it came from, and how many of them came down? Yeah. The best thing I would tell people to do, and this is, I can't give advice on how to rob places. I'm not going to do that. But what I will say is if you have any specifics, don't do that. Like, don't, if, you, if, you're, if you're robbing a place, at least wear black shoes. Yeah. It's, but even then, you can look at certain shoe, the foot, you know, the like the chucks that I'm wearing, they have a certain style on the bottom, so... Maybe if you track mud into the mall or whatever, it's like they could 
you know, use that type of technology to just wear out. Crocs, bro. Yeah, just put on some Crocs. It, I, w- I was gonna make a joke and say wear clap cleats, but it's this is very distinctive. If the clap yeah. cleat too is gonna be at the bottom when you yeah. walking in the store, the FBI be busting through this, <laughs> busting through our studio trying to arrest us. <laughs> We're the only people in Bakersfield with clap cleats. Yeah, we're the only podcast <laughs> in Bakersfield that's promoting clap cleats. There's no other podcast yeah. trying to sell you a sex sock besides us. <laughs> that's crazy. They'd be having us on the with the, on the what, the five o'clock news. Yeah, I didn't do nothing, man. I didn't do nothing. I have a wild mug shot. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Your hair would be crazy. Yeah, Keith's hair would be looking like eyes a... red. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be I'd be the type to smile in my mugshot like one of those weirdos. Yeah, Keith mugshot, his hair really be gray that day. <laughs> Keith's hair be looking like some cereal over there. <laughs> oh no, I remember when uh, I think I sent was it last week when your hair was like kind of poofy. Mm-hmm. Usually, I, I don't know if you put like gel in it and rub it through mm-hmm. or grease, but this day it looked like it was kind of like afroish. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of reminded me of like the mushroom person on Mario. Oh Mario. yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. talked about that on the pod. What? About Toad and stuff. Oh, Toad. Yeah, that's a trip, man. Good old Mario. Yeah. You could never get away with fucking crime, man. The te- Especially now, the technology is too crazy. Yeah. Everyone has a phone. Everyone has. There's even apps, like different neighborhood apps. Um, yeah. To alert other people if it's crime in the neighborhood, everyone has yeah. cameras set up around their house. Police can pull up all the footage from, you know, all those different things. Yeah, um, it's surveillance. It's surveillance everywhere, man. Yeah. So good luck. Yeah, you don't really need all that surveillance. All you need is at least one Karen in every neighborhood. Yeah, you definitely need a Karen. You're not supposed to be there. What are you doing here? Yeah, Don Quarius. You're like, how get do you your know? Jordan ones and get out of here. How do you know my name? <laughs> I know everything about you. Now leave now. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Are you are you authorized to be in this building? And the the crazy part is like he could have um, monetized his TikTok, and I don't know how much money he was making from TikTok, but um, he had a decent following. You know what I mean, Br- Bruh, I seen this TikTok earlier where it was like a Karen that walked up. It was a girl that was leaving Walmart. And she had a receipt and everything, and some girl walked up to her. I guess she had a regular Walmart uniform. She's like, um, excuse me, do you have a receipt for that? She's like, uh-uh, bitch, leave me alone. <laughs> 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 and she was like live recording. Yeah. And she was like, do you have a receipt for that? She's like, uh-uh, bitch. And I was just dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know what's funny, too? Is sometimes it's not even loss prevention, people. It'd be regular employees trying to stop people from stealing. Yeah, bro. I don't give a fuck who steal from this place. When I work, when I worked at Sears <clears throat> in college, it would be somebody stealing. They would run right by me, and I'd just be like, "Oh, dang, he got away." Yeah, I'm not about to stop them. It's a yeah. It's t- you gonna get paid the same amount regardless. Yeah, whether you stop, whether you save that thirty dollars for Sears or not, you gonna get that same little measly eight twenty five an hour. Loss prevention at Sears one time. One of the main dudes that was working there. He was like, hey, man. He's like, I mean, you didn't try to stop him from leaving? I was like, I don't know what was going on. I didn't get involved. He's like, oh, my gosh. He was mad? Yeah, like, man, fuck you. I'm not about to. I was, what, 21 years old? 20, 21 years old? I'm not about to stop this motherfucker from stealing. It's not worth it, man. Fuck no. I knew way back then. The crazy thing about Sears, dude, there were people that were older that had been working there for a long time. Mm -hmm. And Sears was already going downhill back in 2006, 2007, right in there. Mm Mm-hmm. 
these people have been there like fucking over 20 years when I was working there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, y'all care about this place too much. Man. Yeah. I already mentioned the with the um the Black Friday shit. Uh-huh. How I literally had to stop grown people from acting like children. Mm-hmm. I'm 21 years old and you got you got grown ass people trying to trample each other to get into Sears. For some sales. I'm like, dude, are you hey? I told this one dude, hey, and it was right in front of the store manager and some other person. I was like, hey man, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they didn't say nothing. Did they stop? They stopped and they went back. But here's the thing, though. This is what I don't like about certain businesses. And I was, I mean, I was a little bit smaller than what I am now. So I was a pretty big guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And Robert, the homie, he was bigger than me. Robert, like 6'5", 6'6". So he told him to chill and the people went back. They had no, they had no problem with us being a little disrespectful in that moment because we was protecting their scary ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they could use the big black, the big black and brown guy at that moment. Mm-hmm. But we had a little store manager. I'll name drop because he was a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Name was Magaji. He was from South Africa. Okay. He's just like a little nerdy egghead motherfucker. But he's a really he's, was he black or white? He's a white dude. White dude. Okay. Yeah, white dude. But he had a, like since he was from South Africa, he he's had like, like a, a, a Elon Musk kind of exactly yeah. like an Elon Musk type of guy. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, Charlie Theron. She's from right. South exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But he was this guy was a fucking dick. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, if we run this back like 10 years from now, he'll probably try to sue me for defamation or something. <laughs> defamation. I don't know. You know how all these lawsuits work. Yeah. I just probably tell him to fuck itself. But no. <laughs> yeah. Those are good times, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I got off track. But, anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, you would never outrun the reach of the law. Mm-hmm. You do some shit, man. I, I, there's no right way to really do the wrong thing. I think one of my cousins. Man, that was a loud drink. Fuck. Man, gotta stay hydrated. That's just that. Like, <laughs> my cousin got caught up. He was, I think he stole an iPad from uh, some store and he got caught up in a similar way. I forget exactly how it was, but I think he turned it on and the whole find my iPad or whatever popped on and then they, they found him. He was all on the news. So it's just so hard to be a criminal, man. It's, it's, probably just easier to fill out a job application these you days. You know it's hard out here for a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, nigga. <laughs> when you try to make this money for the rent. <laughs> that was funny. Yo, that was my shit back in the day. I'm on Hustle and Flow. Yeah. That was it actually had some dope songs. Yeah. Yeah. Whoop that trick was dope. Yeah. And it's hard out here for a pimp. Down, 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 the down, 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 <laughs> the freaking eight, uh, the, uh, cup holders on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> For McDonald's or whatever. DJ yeah. was like, <laughs> this, the, the, it was hilarious, <clears throat> like his accent. He's like, man, run that shit back again, man. <laughs> Let's do that shit again, man. We got to do that again. <laughs> Uh, I got all these beats in my head, I got man. These beats in I my got head, all this man. shit in my head, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh buddy, man. Terrence he, out. He had popped out on uh on the Three Six Mafia verses, I think. Oh, he did. Mm-hmm. He he had a flow on there that used to have me busting up. But I gotta keep my game tight, like Kobe on game night. <laughs> 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 that shit was dope, though, bro. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And it was like it was just it was so raw. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That, yeah, that's that's a dope movie. I think three six, they um that that's actually their song. 
What you mean? Um, they produced both of those songs, I believe. Yeah, they, they, yeah, that was yeah. their songs. Yeah. yeah, that's how they won the Oscar. Yeah, mm-hmm. hard for a pimp. Mm-hmm. Hard out here. Yeah, they got. Was it Academy Award? Mm, yeah, yes, yeah, Oscar Academy Awards. Same yeah, thing. that's mm-hmm. nuts, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to them. I think uh, it's very. I want to say very rare, but it's it's. I think them and then Eight Mile with Eminem. I think yeah. he got one. Um. I don't know too, of too many other hip hop artists. Maybe, maybe uh, Common, John Legend might have got one for some for one of those songs. John Legend probably got one. Oh oh, ninety percent of John Legend's song is him like moaning in a hard yeah. like uh, <clears throat> a har- harmonious way. Yeah, he's like, oh, we're just ordinary people. <laughs> John Legend always sound like he getting head. Oh, oh. <laughs> suck on the tip. <laughs> I'm going to come out. <laughs> it's coming out. <laughs> he got the Christmas songs he comes out with every mm-hmm. year or the same ones. Yeah. What's this like? Uh, I'll bring the mistletoe. I'll be here forever. Jingle bells. Oh, <laughs> jingle balls, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride on a one horse open sleigh. Santa Claus is an ordinary person. <laughs> oh, this guy is so crazy. That's wild. John Lesson, you are so crazy. all right switching gears ti the rapper ti just started doing comedy um recently the rapper ti uh king of the south um (laughs) he's just kang homie it's the kang man (laughs) okay he started doing comedy recently uh he had mentioned in an interview with comedian godfrey him and Godfrey had a little bit of a back and forth, and let me just give you the whole gist of it. Basically, Godfrey was doing a set out in Atlanta, which is T.I.'s hometown, and after he had been on stage, Godfrey had been on stage for an hour and 40 minutes, he got off and they said, hey, we're going to bring T.I. after you. He was like, oh, wow, T.I.'s doing comedy? All right, cool, do it. Send him up. But he ended up doing that, but later on on Godfrey's podcast, he mentioned that normally no one goes on after the headliner, right? Mm -hmm. He mentioned, especially like an open micer, like you're not a comedian yet or whatever. He just had like little, you know, not really shots at T.I., but, you know, he's been in comedy for over 20 something years. So, you know, T.I. getting that amount of I won't say acclaim, that's not the right diction, but that amount of attention is kind of odd. But he has that star already mm-hmm. that he's built. He but, also mentioned that he he wasn't going to go watch him because he's like, I'm right. not going to. Watch. I've just finished. I'm not going to yeah. watch a guy for 30 minutes or whatever after yeah. I just finish an hour and a half of comedy. Yeah. I mean, that's to each his own. Me personally, I'm such a <clears throat> I don't have the amount of like star power that or that amount of experience that Godfrey has. Maybe that's just him, but I'm into it. If, if I see if I see I want to see T.I. do comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that he was salty for doing it, but honestly, I don't have a problem watching somebody that goes after me. I don't I don't have an ego at all. I feel like Godfrey has a little bit of ego too. Because he's been doing this shit a while. 
But I, I think from his standpoint, like, he just doesn't want to watch bad comedy. Mm. And I know for me, like, even going to open mics, I don't care to sit through bad comedy. Sometimes mm. it's funny just to see somebody, like, up there just kind of sweating and trying to figure it out. But yeah. for the most part, like, you just want to watch good comedy. Yeah, sometimes a bomb is hilarious, though. Yeah. Like, you know what I hate? Bitches. He'd be like, this shit is so horrible that it's hilarious. Get this guy a beer. This guy is fucking terrible. Yeah, but I mean, to make a long story short, they had a back and forth, and T.I. felt a little bit slighted about what had happened, and he was like, you know what, homie? I feel like a lot of comedians is like, they feel threatened by, you know, the fact that you've been doing this 17 years and then I come up and I get more popularity than you get. And it's like, well, T.I., first of all, the issue I think T.I. has, he has a huge ego. It is it is maniac level ego. And you can't carry that into comedy. You just can't. You have to remove your ego and understand that you're new at this shit. I don't even consider myself a, a comedian. I don't. I, I have not put in enough work to be a comedian. I've done open mics. I've done some shows. But I am not a comedian. I reserve that title for real fucking comedians that go to all these open mics, that go up on stage every week. Those are real comedians. Yeah. You know, they stood the test of time. There are some people, uh, there was uh, even Akash. Shout out to Akash Singh. Akash said that he bombed for almost three years straight. Mm-hmm. Like, But a bomb for him is probably different than other people. Mm-hmm. He's going for it. He's going for it. But his thing said, is like, what is this thing called? Free up. Free bring back our bring his back shit our blowing up the new yeah. york times wrote an article about him you see that mm-hmm. fuck yeah that he get dope. major man shout out to him yeah. too and the, fact, the work in yeah shout out it's shout out to him especially for being a brown man he's um he's uh he's a punjabi i think okay i believe or Sikh Sikh indian i believe mm-hmm. um but he's putting in the work but to make a long story short um, with Ti man, a lot of ego. Um, he also, I watched a few of his his uh, his open mics. I guess you could say I don't like to overly evaluate new comedians because it's not fair. A lot of times you're doing open mics, you're just throwing every. You, you, it's basically like a rough draft. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're just putting shit out there and hoping to get some laughs. <clears throat> what I say I don't like. What I don't like about what he does on stage is he'll have a fucking sixteen or more minutes set of him telling stories. And it's like, dude, who do you think you are? Like, you haven't been doing this very long, so if that's the way you think you can do it, cool. But, like, dude, most people craft jokes. Most of the storytelling comedians, they usually can sto- they can tell a story because they've built up to that. Mm-hmm. But as a new comic, man, you need to... He wouldn't give a fuck about what I have to say. Mm-hmm. But five minutes... Feels like thirty minutes when you're a new com when you're a new comic. Yeah, you got five five minutes is a long time mm-hmm. to somebody that has no experience. I think what's the longest I did, Keith? Was it fifteen? <clears throat> Probably like twelve, thirteen, right in there. Mm-hmm. Like twelve or thirteen. I think it was a fifteen minute set, but I got off in thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, I think so. Also, yeah. t- the way Tyson structures his shows is like, yeah, man, go up there and do thirty minutes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about to do no thirty minutes, motherfucker. <laughs> I ain't about to do that. <laughs> I think we're lucky to have somebody like Tyson, though. And the reason why is because Tyson will give you access to even get up on stage. That's not normal in other cities. Yeah. I feel like the only reason why I got any access to get on stage in the first place is because of Tyson. That's mm-hmm. facts. Yeah, same The here. first time I ever went on stage, I went up to Tyson. He said, all right, sure, come on, let's go. Yeah, Tyson asked. Well, he didn't really. I guess he asked me to, to be on there because he had 
people were mentioning to him that I had been doing good at the open mic. So oh, okay. you know, he's like, hey, man, like I heard you're doing mm-hmm. pretty good over there. You should yeah, but, do a show. Yeah. I reached out to Tyson. He's like, yeah, come on, let's go. And I mm-hmm. thought he was like, oh, man, this guy ain't going to do shit. Yeah. He's like, all right, let's go. You up. I'm like, oh, that my. That easy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know what's, what's crazy? The first time I went up on stage, I was shocked that people were laughing. Yeah. Right? But I think that me, like, I don't like to, uh, what do you call it, um, self, um, self-evaluate self my humor and that I'm funny. But yeah. people have told me that I've been pretty funny for pretty much my whole life. But here's yeah. the difference. Here's the difference. <clears throat> Being funny and getting up on stage and telling jokes are two completely different fucking things. Yeah. When, you, when you're creating and writing jokes, you have to find the premise for things. You have to find out where it sets up. You have to find out. You know, how long you need to take in between jokes. All that shit matters. Yeah. But one thing that people don't mention, 120%, you have to be authentically yourself. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I never struggled. Like you said, like if you didn't know, people were going to laugh. I I always knew. Like when I got up there. Yeah, I knew. Oh, okay. All right, Keith. I was just playing. But um, no, it's 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 a <laughs> it's a real art form, and I think I think the thing that I would say to to Ti is like like you were saying, like you gotta you gotta remove your your ego. One because um, the egotistical comedian it doesn't really work. Like you're no. trying to make people laugh, right? Um, and then secondly, like the the uh, medium will humble you. Yes. So if you in Denver, Colorado at some random comedy club and nobody knows who you are um, and you're telling these long winded stories or you're crafting jokes in a way where you, 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 you get a lot of laughs in Atlanta or whatever. Um, they may not, they may not work in that capacity. No. So I think, um, I think above all we have to, you know, one, you got to humble yourself and two, you just, you got to put the work in. And I, and I don't think anybody, I think everybody should, we shouldn't like skip steps, Mm-mm. you know? So Mm-mm. even, even for, um, like, even for like us as podcasters or, yeah. you know, whatever, like, even though we had the podcast had already started by the time you did comedy and, and, and I did comedy, yeah, exactly. but we, we still approached it. Like we, and even though our, our podcast is like, has a comedic element to it, mm-hmm. we still approached stand up as like this new blank canvas. Yeah, this entirely new thing. And we didn't approach it like, oh, we funny on podcasts. So we know we can do right. this. Like, we, I, I actually took, I can only speak for myself, but I actually took my time trying to memorize my jokes. You know, I crafted it out. I made sure, because I, I went to an open mic first. <clears throat> you went to an actual show first, but. Yeah, I took my time and timed it and made sure it, it fell within that five minute range. And, you know, I tried to re- memorize every single word um, of my show and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a thing like you can't you can't skip the steps, man. And especially if you want to be one of the greats, because you, you you coming from being a hip hop artist, people are already looking at you like, oh, you can't do this. So I think. You know, when when people are already telling you what you can't do, I would double down on the technical aspect of it. You know, sit down with guys like Andrew Schultz, sit down with, you know, with uh, the little Duvals and stuff like that. And like you really learn from them and really try to, you know, take in the information that they can offer you. And you have you have a huge advantage. Godfrey was even saying, like, get some guys to help 
you write jokes, you know? And yeah. then from there, once you learn how to, to write the jokes, then you could take that and, you know, take that and run with it. So Yeah, that's true. That's <clears throat> true. I know with me what I what I've prided myself in is every time that I've went up on stage, whether it's open mic or a show, is I tried my hardest to make sure that I uh, put jokes out there, like that I really wrote them down, that I really went through them. I looked in the mirror, told the jokes, try to do the mannerisms, try to I- incorporate, you know, envision how I would do crowd work if someone was to react a certain way. And I really care. You can tell when someone cares because I'm not trying to put out put out no negative energy towards any other comic. But we've the the I don't even I don't want to reference the show or nothing. But I did a show and the guy that went up before me, I think it was like two people before me. I can't remember where he was. I think he was the first comedian. I can't remember. But he was just like literally just just using the word bitch over and over and yeah. over and over and over. And I'm sure that the women weren't offended, but they were. Here's why. If you're Chris Tucker or you're Chris Rock and you'd be like, bitch, go over there and do it. If you're hilarious, women know that you're not speaking to them, right? Yeah. They And I know this sounds weird. They know you're not speaking to them. I don't personally call women to be word, but if you're a terrible comic and you don't do a good job of crafting these jokes and you using the B word over and over, they're going to be like, oh my God, he hates women. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you, you, it's, it sounds malicious because you suck. Yeah. You can't, whenever you see somebody cracking black jokes, trans jokes, gay jokes, whatever, right? When it's funny, no one gets offended. Yeah. If, if a white dude cracks a black joke and it's hilarious and me and Keith laughing, no one gets offended. But when you just this random white guy like, yep, niggas got to get it together, we'd be like, what? Yeah, it's not even funny. This isn't even funny. Then it comes off as malicious. Yeah. You know, I've heard some black uh, freaking Andrew Schultz crack some funny ass jokes. Yeah. That air R&B. Oh, bro. That shit had me dying. <laughs> Comedian Andrew Schultz talked about getting he got a uh, Airbnb and he said when he went in there, you know, he seen like some cocoa butter and then he and then he seen something else. I forgot what he seen, like some condiments or something else. He's like, yo, this this must have been some black folks in here. It's like a. <laughs> This, he said, instead of an Airbnb, this is an Air R&B. I, I started fucking dying. <laughs> I was fucking dying. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> then he had another joke where this black dude walks into the show late, right? Mm-hmm. He walks in late. And he's like, yo, he's like, yo, who the fuck is this guy coming there late? He's like, you came in late and you brought chicken. That's the blackest <laughs> shit I've ever seen. And everybody started laughing, including all the black people. We was just dying because it was actually hilarious. Yeah. But if you're not funny, dude, I mean, I send my best of luck to T.I., man. I really do. Because I want people to be funny. Yeah. I don't want people to be out there. Because a bomb, like a bad bomb, is the most... The next thing that's just as sad as a bad bomb is probably a funeral. (laughs) But at least there's a fucking dead body involved with the funeral. (laughs) That's hilarious. Nah, that's facts. Yeah. Yeah, it's very humbling though, because you know you could get up there four or five times in a row, and you be you know everything you says just hits, and then you know on that fifth or sixth time, you know you get up there with that one joke that's not really fleshed out or not really polished enough, and then it's just crickets in there. It's some comedians that are so fucking hilarious, and <clears throat> they, they they have such a masterful way of driving home messages that there is never an occasion where they can't be funny. Yeah. There are comedians that could be at a funeral and be like, 
this motherfucker dead, dead ass, bitch ass nigga, or something like that. Yeah. And everybody That's a is. Wild statement at the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody will be laughing mm-hmm. because they found a way to, like, it's, bro, I'm telling you, if you can get away with cracking that joke at a funeral, especially if they know that you're a comedian and that was really your boy or whatever the case, everybody yeah. will be there busting up crying. Yeah. Laughing. Yeah. I've had many laughs at funerals, not obviously at the dead person, but even the family members displaying humor. I was for sure when I was speaking for my uncle, I was literally just doing stand up up there. No, not really. It was a really good message. You did yeah. a really good job. Yeah, it was definitely but a it message was funny. in there. Yeah, it was I was funny trying though. to be funny as well. Yeah, I'm saying. yeah it, it sure. was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot who went up there. They had me dying. Oh, no. You talked about your uncle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. Everybody was busting up laughing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I think that see, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. If you could make people laugh at a funeral, you a funny motherfucker. Because <laughs> in that moment, everyone is trying to be serious anyways like you know um you know we had such a good time back right. in the day blah 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 people was just freestyling or speaking from the heart back in kindergarten this happened yeah um but yeah yeah i think i i, I personally was like i had an agenda of just trying to yeah. be like just you, lighten the mood in a sense you did a great job of like <clears throat> blending uh blending experiences and even when you came from a moment of obviously you know it's your family, you're sad. Because mm-hmm. I was in the front crying like a motherfucker. Yeah, I was for sure. I could, but- it was hot. The funny <laughs> stuff was, it was funny because the funny stuff is so much easier to get out, obviously. Yeah. But then there's like moments when you're really speaking on your relationship. Right. And it's like, man, this was, it's like two seconds ago I'm laughing, now I'm crying. and it's Right. Like but thing. that's the thing. When you are a multi-layered, multi-faceted person, mm-hmm. you understand like, how much skill that takes yeah like even the fact that me and you could have a conversation unscripted mm-hmm. and and talk about our experiences and all these things that is a skill and yeah. it, it, it is a, it's a skill that is very rare in society which is why podcasts have become so massive because yeah. we are so engaged like oh my god they really know how to talk really well mm-hmm. i really like listening to them mm-hmm. but most people they suck man yeah i've man i've talked to a lot of women man Oh my God! Women say, "I just want a guy who can have deep conversation." And then you talk to the girl, and she's mildly retarded. You either get deep dick or deep <laughs> conversations. You can't get both. Won't be one too much, man. I gotta stop using the R word, man. You gotta stop saying that word, man. You gotta stop saying that. Yeah, I try not to. I try not to use it. Oh man, because <laughs> you know, you never knew who you're triggering with that, right? That, yeah, I mean, I know not, I don't think personal, like, but definitely my mom's, uh, one of my mom's childhood friends, uh, her son is like special needs. See, it's, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing with comedy or anything humorous. You crack a fat joke. Oh, my God, that was hilarious. You crack a black joke. Oh, my God, that was hilarious. You say the, the R word. My son has special needs. I'm turning this off. Yeah. People get triggered, man, mm-hmm. but they don't get triggered until it affects them. That's true. Very true. So it, it don't get triggered till it affects them. You mm-hmm. was laughing at those black jokes really good, mm-hmm. wasn't you? As soon as we start talking about the LGBT community. Yeah, then it's over. She's yeah. like, ah, oh, niggers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you want to turn me off? <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh, man. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. Comedy. One thing, one thing, and this is kind of a tangent. So, like, I, I went to the, um, the film festival uh, in Las Cruces. 
uh, this past week. And um, one of the things that stood out to me is like, you know, and mind you, I'm, I'm, uh, they're like successful directors, like the director of um, the 2D Lion King movie came and spoke to us. And uh, some uh, this guy named William H. Macy, he's he's an actor. He was in Shameless and uh, a bunch of other movies and Sounds TV white. shows, Fargo. He's definitely white. Uh, <laughs> but what I realize is that they're they're talented like directors writers and stuff like that right and we we know their work you know the lion king is the highest grossing like 2d movie ever whatever the case may be um and william h macy he's like i think he's uh oscar nominated and all this these different things um one thing that stood out to me is like the the charisma right mm. there's this like natural charisma that a lot of these people have so even though william h macy is a uh, is primarily a dramatic actor um like he's very funny you know what I mean and I uh, I say that to say like you know in terms of like how we communicate or like you know just seeing potential in somebody I think one of the biggest things is like do you have a natural charisma about yourself like can you can you be funny in you know just regular settings like if you're True. you're you know talking to your mom or you know talking to your dad or you know talking to your niece or whatever like do you have like little moments where you can make them laugh and stuff like yeah. that and that that potentially can turn into you know you being successful at anything in terms of communication yeah. <clears throat> i feel like i'm a social com- like a social chameleon in a way yeah like i thrive in any situation <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like i i i can blend with everybody Mm-hmm. Not like I'm trying to be fake or anything, but I don't feel nervous or social anxiety or I don't want to talk to them. Like if we want to talk, we could talk. Yeah. You want to laugh? We can laugh. Like yeah, it'll yeah. be it doesn't. That's the thing I really love about being a cultured person. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm a black man, obviously. But being around a mixed group of people, whether it's Mexicans, white people, other races, it doesn't matter. I can be the only person. I could be the only black guy at any of these places and fit right in Mm -hmm. and be cool and everybody's laughing everybody's having a good time yeah i don't i'm not socially awkward like that yeah so that's why i feel like this whole podcasting slash comedian shit was built for me yeah you know what i mean i can i I feel like i comfortably can fit in these pockets yeah it's such as even like a guy like andrew schultz i guarantee you he's just like that Mm -hmm. the way he interacts with all these other people is him being a <clears throat> a white male, he can go into a room with a bunch of black people and have them dying laughing. Mm-hmm. Then he could have a bunch of Middle Eastern people have them laughing. A bunch of Russians. He has a tour that goes to Canada. He was in he was in Europe at one time. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker was in. He was doing comedy in Russia, I think. I'm not. It might have been. I think he might have been. Mm-hmm. It's like God damn, this guy can go anywhere. When you can make everyone <laughs> laugh like that, that's a skill. Yeah. Russians love American culture too. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, matter of fact, you had Russians that they were driving up your streams for your songs. Yeah, I'd be or, talking. Or the to Ukrainian or Russian? Both. I'd be talking to like some 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 people out there. As a guy that like DJs and stuff, I'd be you know I actually was checking in on them. I was like, yo man, like I'm praying for you guys out there. Make sure you you know yeah. stay safe and stuff like that. The Ukrainian, it was like your music is the bomb. <laughs> oh my! Oh my God! <laughs> What's wrong with this dude? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought we'd get canceled, but I think pretty I think sure. It's, I think it's, I think it's <laughs> yeah. I think I need to stop. <laughs> oh man. 
Dang. Well, guys, that was a great. It was a great run. <laughs> That shit's not supposed to be funny at all. It's just not. That's not supposed to be funny. But it's like when you when you when you think like a comedian, this shit just comes out. I remember Chris Flail was saying something on here. And he was talking about like like there's certain things that are not supposed to be funny, but they are. It's like yeah. I was thinking of this rape joke one time. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That bro. If you guys get a chance, go back to that episode. It was with Chris Flail. I can't remember the number. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, if you if you his name is in the title, his so, name's in the yeah, title. Just look up, up comedian Chris Flail. It's probably one of the funniest ones. Yeah, yeah. Chris we, is so Chris is dope. Shout out to Chris. Yeah, shout out to Chris, man. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I think those are the obviously like we're kind of multifaceted, so we'll have people that are not necessarily like comedians, but mm-hmm. it, those are just so fun because we're just yeah. kind of just flowing and everybody's kind of feeding off of each other. Yeah, um, I think time. a person me and you would talk to, and we probably would probably leave. That episode, like barely being able to breathe from all the laughter, is Donnell Rollins. Oh, yeah. Donnell. I never thought about that. Oh, my God. That guy's hilarious. I, I, if I ever see Donnell somewhere in public, because you never know who you run into in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, if I'm in LA and I see Donnell, I, I would have to shoot my shot. I'd be mm-hmm. like, hey, man. We got a podcast. Yeah, I know you mm-hmm. don't know me. You don't owe me anything. I ain't going to hold you. If I can, my I, I'm so confident in, in in the way I have conversations with people that I feel like if they're not in the mood, I'll back off and leave them alone. But if they once they engage me, I feel like I can get them not to do anything. But more than likely, they would probably be able to move. Like you know what? Actually, I'm in L.A. on the weekends. You know, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. We could pop in and talk to Donnell, man. And, yeah, that'd and, be fire. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Mm-hmm. That'd probably be the best episode ever, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a couple. I, ep- Go ahead. I always thought like if we do, um, the brilliant idiots. That, oh that, Lord, that I think the world would implode because that those yeah. are like, you know, at least from my perspective, the 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 model that we kind of built our hundred percent podcast from. So oh um, yeah, yeah, I think that would be so dope. That'd be dope, especially you know with Charlemagne. Like I'm basically I'm like his <clears throat> understudy. You know, yeah. been seeing him for years and yeah. how you know the wild shit he used to say versus you know he tamed it down but still remained entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Andrew Schultz. I think that would be a great fucking episode. Not because it's just me and Keith, mm-hmm. but we're like we really in this podcast shit. We're really in this lane like for reals. And mm-hmm. next month on the ninth will be four years. Mm-hmm. So this ain't no fucking. This ain't no podcast that pops up every now and then. Mm-hmm. We've been doing this shit a while. Mm-hmm. We may not have astronomical numbers, but them motherfucking numbers done shot up. And it's mainly because, you know, the 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 time, man. The Ukraines. Ukrainians. I don't know if they're the ones driving the numbers, Keith. Yeah. That yeah. joke bombed. Yeah, it really bombed. You was looking for that joke. Oh, God, Keith. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, that wasn't a bomb. That was a missile. God damn. You know what? I'm curious now. If I go to the analytics, how many would I see from Ukraine? <clears throat> a lot of these places love American content. Oh, yeah. Russia loves American content. and uh, <clears throat> Let me see. Okay. If you go to all time, they probably probably driving the numbers pretty good. All right. Oh, by the way, we're over 40K now on, on, on SoundCloud. That's so dope. Yeah, it takes a while, man. 
takes a while. I don't care how long it takes you. But if you suck, motherfuckers are not trying to hear that shit. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna make it to forty thousand listeners if you every week you're struggling to get yeah. a sentence out of your fucking mouth. People really like listening to our podcast. Yeah, it kind of like blows my mind because yeah. I just like I just be chopping it up. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, behind the United States, um, Ireland's behind uh, the United States, and then Australia, Canada, the UK, Germany, Netherlands, Lithuania, Mexico. Shout out to Mexico. Yeah. Uh, Turkey, Turks and Caicos, France. Ukraine ain't even on here, cuz. Oh, man. Oh, they are. They are. My bad. Yeah, they are. Ukraine's right here. They ain't got a whole bunch of listeners, but mm-hmm. they got Ukraine, Poland, the Philippines. Shout out to Pacquiao. Pacquiao out here listening, bro. <laughs> Shout out to Pacquiao, bro. <laughs> Shout out to the Filipinos out here. Lumpia's is fire. <laughs> Korea out here. Uh oh, Kim Jong un out here in this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Australia, Serbia, Malaysia, <laughs> Romania, Pakistan, Japan, Indonesia, Argentina, Nepal, state of Palestine. All right, shout out to all these countries that That's crazy. In. Which you, uh your birthday's on Tuesday, right? Yes, it is. Club going up. Yeah, man. On so a Tuesday. Got the girl in the policy too. What's up? Those same news that y'all have forwarded to me on, you know, on the second, y'all could forward those same ones to Eddie. Yeah, uh, I need some current news though. Don't send me some news from back when you was in shape in college or something. Have you ever got a new too quick and you was like, you recycled this news? Yeah, you definitely recycled this news. Yeah, this ain't this ain't the today's news. Yeah, you sent me a news when you had a short haircut. Now your hair long. (laughs) That was six years ago, hon. I I never I I got uh, I wouldn't call it an unsolicited (laughs) nude one time, but it was like an unsolicited booty pic. And I wasn't yeah, even like was asking for it. It was just like, like, hey, like I see you working out. What type of workouts do you do? And then booty it was pick. just booty pick. I'm like, what in the world? I don't know what workouts you're doing. I asked you for the workout. <laughs> I did not ask to, you know, a yeah. booty pick. And ask for your ass to be out. Right. We need to start. We need to start canceling these girls for sending us booty pics That's that we asked for. Yeah. Right. Men too. Hashtag men too. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start the men too movement. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, there's that, man. Um, switching gears. Cain Velasquez. Um, some of you guys have heard of this story, and it's a very <laughs> unfortunate, fucked up story regarding the the, the f- former, or previously he was in the UFC, uh, and then he went to the WWE. Cain Velasquez officially charged after allegedly trying to kill a man accused of molesting his relative. Former UFC Cain Velasquez has been formally charged after allegedly trying to kill a man Accused of molesting one of his young relatives, the 39-year-old heavyweight champion was arraigned on Wednesday for shooting a man in the an attempt to murder another man who has been charged with molesting. Mm-hmm. Key word, has been charged with molesting Velasquez's close family member, according to a statement from Santa Clara County uh, District Attorney. Velasquez has been arrested at the scene of a Bay Area shooting on Monday and booked in the Santa Clara County Jail for Attempt, attempted murder, according to San Jose <clears throat> Police Department. The district attorney's office claims that Velasquez fired a handgun multiple times into a truck carrying Harry Galarte and two other relatives and rammed the truck with his truck. Galarte's 63-year-old relative identified his stepfather as, as his stepfather was struck once as he is expected to survive. He was the driver of the truck. 
He was he was a driver of the truck. A Silverado Velasquez allegedly began shooting at the victims while driving. Following the victim's truck for 11 miles, the pursuit became a high-speed chase uh, through busy streets in, the San, in San Jose before authorities say Velasquez rammed his truck into the Silverado and fired multiple rounds with his registered 40 handgun. They had a 40 cal. Fuck. He was trying to blow some shit off. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, a woman inside the truck called 911 for help. Velasquez uh, has been hit with 10 felony charges, including attempted premeditated murder, one count of shooting at an occupied motor vehicle, three counts of assault with a firearm, three counts of assault with a deadly weapon, one count, god damn, uh, count of willy, willfully discharging a firearm from a vehicle, and one count <clears throat> of carrying a loaded firearm with intent to commit a felony, according to, to people. Investigators say he will try. He was trying to shoot and kill Galarte, who was facing felony charges that he molested a child. He was arraigned in Santa Clara uh, County Superior Court on in February, and a judge released him from custody. This is very important. A judge released him from custody without bail over district attorney's objections. According to the district attorney's office, he was on his way to get an electric monitoring bracelet, part of the conditions of his bail. When the truck when when the truck he was in was ambushed, the alleged abuse happened at a Santa Clara County daycare center run by Galarte's mother. Galarte lived in a property where the daycare is located. Um the Sally Wait, he he lives He lives at the at the facility. Oh my god, they tripping. Yeah. yeah Fucking tripping. pedophile. Yeah. The sad tragedy is that Mr. Velasquez chose to take the law into his own hands. This is the lawyer uh, endangering the public and everyone in the truck. Santa Clara District Attorney Jeff Rosen stated on Wednesday, this act of violence also causes more pain and suffering to his family. Let me be very clear when I say this. The only reason why Cain Velasquez was trying to kill this motherfucker was because the same judicial system that the lawyer is trying to say he should have waited for released a fucking molester. Mm-hmm. They released a child molester and was about to give him a bracelet. This dude was going to be walking around after violating a child. I see why Kane was trying to kill this motherfucker. The only mistake Kane Velasquez made is he blacked out. He should have waited to do got out the car to pop his ass. I'm not trying to have, I look, this is for YouTube. So, so for YouTube, so they don't try to take the shit down. I'm not advocating, say he should have, you know, popped him. But let's just say, right. If you're going to do it, just make sure nobody else is involved. That's the only mistake he made. I'm not trying to advocate for no fucking molester. But maybe he, he doesn't care if the guy, if this was the grandfather, who was the guy driving? It was the stepdad. The stepdad. Maybe he doesn't care because. Mm-hmm. He's also driving around someone that he is a molester. Yeah. So he wasn't Um, trying to put too much thought into it. He's like, you motherfuckers, you might have been in on it. Maybe. I I would just say that with this whole thing, um, with any of these sort of things, whether it's, you know, maybe somebody is abusing your sister, like, you know, physically abusing her or. You know, um, they're just just or, you, you know, maybe one of your siblings got jumped at school, whatever the case may be. Um, we just have to know that this is the possible outcome of the situation. Yeah. You could potentially get in it. Like I have a, 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 a uncle that went to prison for five years for 
um, attempted murder because somebody else got jumped and he was kind of defending him. Like mm. these are just the results of of those kind of mm-hmm. things. Because I, I always hear all the time like people people say like, man, I, if that happened to uh, if that happened to my sister, if that happened to my daughter, I I kill somebody. Yeah. Um, but that like the result of killing somebody is that you're going to go to prison. You're going to go to prison. Um, so I guess I would say like do what you want. I'm not saying what you should or what you shouldn't yeah. do, but just know that this is the result of those actions. When yeah. you when you don't allow the law um, to handle these sort of things, um, this is just the result of it. But also, um, the judge let him out, but he's still like he still has to go through the judicial system. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's the judge maybe letting him out without bail is kind of wild and also yeah. letting him go back to the facility where um, he's on house arrest where the daycare is. That's, that's, that's why that's um, ridiculous. But just in general, like if he just had a bail for a million dollars or whatever, and he paid that and he got out, like it's, that's just how our judicial system works because you're innocent until proven guilty, I guess. Um, but I, I, I can't say like free Cain Velasquez because he knew it was premeditated. Um, he knew exactly what was going on. He, for you to have a gun um, and to know that, you know, as soon as he got released, I'm following him 11, 11 miles. Mm-hmm. Like, excuse me, he knew what he was doing. Um, it's unfortunate that this is the way it plays out. Yeah. But he just took the law into his own hands. So I can't necessarily say free him. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't know. I I feel, I feel obviously I don't like the whole child molestation aspect of it, but also like, I just, the law is the law. Yeah. Here's the thing. When you say free Cain Velasquez, you're saying it from a sense of he violated a child. Right. But you got to understand that. How do I put this? The court of public opinion is not the real court. Yeah. The court of public opinion is basically stating free Cain Velasquez because that sick fuck violated a child. He should be arrested. But when you break the law, you will never be free from it. Mm-hmm. Like you you will never outreach. We just talked about the dude from TikTok. Mm-hmm. He was robbing multiple banks or robbing multiple stores, mm-hmm. but he was wearing the same shoes. Mm-hmm. So we could say like, man, he was on TikTok. He seemed like he was a positive person. Maybe they should give him a chance. Once you break the law, all those conversations go down the toilet. Yeah. My, like I said, the only mistake I feel he made was shooting the wrong person. <laughs> That's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't hold up in court. Yeah. I can't say, oh, oh, he shot the wrong person and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's just not how the law works. But I guess even if you wanted to be that that or if you wanted some harm to be done to him and you are Cain Velasquez, who, you know, is probably financially well off, mm-hmm. maybe putting together more of a well thought out thing. You know, yeah, I, mean? I just don't think people I don't I don't think people. <clears throat> I don't think that rational thinking comes in. I think some people black out. Yeah. I think some people black out, man. I think he blacked out and he was like, I need to do something. You got to understand. Cain Velasquez comes from a fighting background. Yeah. Right. He comes from a fighting background. He's obviously a, he must be a law abiding citizen to legally own a firearm. Mm-hmm. Right. So my thing is, I'm gonna keep it a buck. I hope that due to him, I hope he doesn't have any priors. Mm-hmm. I hope he has a clean record. And the reason why I say that is if this is his first offense, I hope they'd be like, okay, you get two years. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I hope if you get two years, Kane could be out in two years, maybe a year and a half on good behavior, mm-hmm. maybe nine months. The way the law works. Yeah, that's some. Those are some heavy, uh, heavy allegations, though. There's some heavy that's allegations. Premeditated murder. I mean, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, and it, it there's it, it's gonna come down to, uh, I guess, the judge's discretion. Like if he what yeah what type of time because there there are minimum uh you know time stamps for all those those yeah. things depending on which there, ones he gets uh there, convicted of there have been comparable cases but I think here's the problem what's gonna get him serious time is due to the public when you commit a crime like this and the public is involved imagine I don't I don't know if he knew who was in the car or not. Mm-hmm. If he's just shooting through the car, what if it was little kids in that car and Kane would have shot him? Then, then we talking about like, oh my God, this is just a terrible thing that happened versus free Kane. I think it wouldn't be a free Kane conversation if, a if he shot a little kid. Mm-hmm. So we have to also check our morality because sometimes we have selective morality. Mm-hmm. You know, kill the rapist, like get him out of there. Like that's what that's how we'll feel. But if it was a little kid in there, that's when we change our tune. Yeah, you know, and the person that got shot was actually innocent. Mm-hmm. So we have to remember that, folks. As much as we want to free Cain Velasquez, we have to remember that he shot somebody that was not the person violating kids. My only—I'm going to say it again—the only mistake he made was shooting the wrong person. That's that's you know mm-hmm. he made more mistakes than that, obviously. But <laughs> from your moral standpoint, yeah, from mm-hmm. a moral standpoint, that's the only mistake he made to me. Mm-hmm. But from a law standpoint, you put the public in, in danger. You recklessly drove. It was premeditated. Um, you were shooting in trap. Like it's so many other laws that he broke, mm-hmm. and I just think that he blacked out. And yeah, my, my prayers. I'm gonna keep it real. My prayers go out to him. More specifically, because, um, man, that's a tough position to be in as a man when you got a relative in your family. And Lord knows how the other people in his family reacted. Maybe it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe he did this. They need to lock him up. And he like, man, fuck locking him. I'm about to kill this motherfucker. I just know for me, um, I hear those conversations all the time where people's like, like I was saying before, like, you know, I'm going to take the law into my own hands, like, you know, load up the gun, whatever. I, I just know for me, my freedom is very important. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate. Like, you know, sometimes the law doesn't, you know, move as fast as you want it to. But I am no use to this world sitting behind some bars. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, we're going to have to figure out something else to to, to take care but of. But here's the problem, though. I, I think that the, I think that you change your tune. I think you would. it's easy to change your tune. When you actually have the privilege of saying we got to try something else. But when the motherfucker that violated your young niece is walking around near you, it's like I want him gone. I don't want this guy walking around anymore. I don't want this guy being normal anymore. He affected my young relative for the rest of her life. I do not want him alive. You got to understand how 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 crazy it is. For a person to violate a child, an unknowing, innocent, blank canvas child, you violate them and you get to go to Applebee's? Yeah. Man, I fuck you. I understand that. I'm just saying I'm not murdering. I don't know of 
pretty much any case where I'm murdering somebody. Because I know the consequences of me murdering someone is that it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter that he he molested Cain Velas was his niece. I think it was his niece, I believe. Yeah, it doesn't, like, in court, it doesn't matter. Like, they're both going to prison. You know what I mean? Um, and I personally just don't want to be, under no circumstances do I want to be sitting in, behind no bars. Man, I'll tell you right now. I feel the same way in regards to not wanting to risk my freedom. But if I'm seeing this dude walking around and I got an AR-15 at the house and I'm like, yo, no one's going to do anything. If I sit back and wait on the judicial system, this guy might get two years and he gets to get out scot-free after what he did to my young relative. And it's like, yo, I got to live with the fact that she feels like this and that this guy is still walking. It's a very complex situation. And it's like, I can't say if I was there, I would have did this. I just think that we have the convenience of not feeling what Cain Velasquez felt. The amount of not even pressure, just the amount of pain that you feel as a man, as a family. They said he's a really big family man. Yeah. As a family man, a person that wants to protect his family. He's Mexican also. Mexicans are very family-oriented people. So if you affect my family, I got to make you feel this. If everyone in my family is maybe if they're too afraid to do something, I'm going to be the one that does it. Because even if I'm locked up in prison, my niece is going to know that I did it for her. You know what I mean? So I think that... What does that change, though? It doesn't change anything. However... It doesn't change anything in logic. And logically, it does not. Yeah. But at the same time. And the breadwinner for their family is behind bars. True. But here's the problem, though. You, the pain that she's going to feel is going to be for the rest of her life. I'm going to make you pay for it now. You're going to feel that pain. Or you're going to be somewhere in the ground. Because if she got to go to therapy because of this shit, you got to realize that the long-term effects that stem from forms of abuse <clears throat> can go into a, especially a woman that's been violated either as a little kid or as a as a young woman that shit could go well into her 30s 40s before she actually feels better about what happens women that get violated have these deep issues for many many years and as a man being involved or as a man that's the head of a household with these women that I got that I feel the need to protect cuz as a man we're natural protectors, whether it's of our daughters, of our girlfriends, of our wives. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, at the end of the day, taking another person's life may not resolve the overall issue. But like I'm right now, I'm looking at this Boys in the Hood poster right now. When they went and got Ricky, what'd they do? They double back. They double back. Once they, yeah. And Ricky was... Ricky had a bright future ahead of him. Yeah. He was about to go to college. You know, he had a baby. They shot Ricky. They went right back and retaliated. What did it really solve in the grand scheme of it? Not a lot. <laughs> Doughboy died. <laughs> Doughboy <laughs> died at the end. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's not supposed to be funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The way he died at the end was sad, too, because... You, you assume he was going to be alive, like, oh, dope boy. And then it, his, his character just disappeared. <laughs> then that sad song come on. Dude, that I saxophone. Sw- bro, I swear to God, I was watching Boys in the Hood last night. <laughs> and I could watch that movie in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Still, 
That's a, that's probably one of that's my greatest. Oh my god, one of the greatest movies ever to me. Yeah, for sure. That Singleton. Oh yeah, that movie, a uh, Boys in the Hood, uh, Minister Society. Minister Society is really that's good. another one I could watch mm-hmm. from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Um, Forrest Gump is longer than both of those movies combined, too. Yeah, Forrest Gump. Um, the Sandlot. That's another Sandlot. one. I was talking about that the other day. Oh man, mm. those. I, I, there's other movies, but mm. those movies I can literally turn them all on now and watch them from the, the beginning stand. to the end. Yeah. No skips. Yeah. No <coughs> skips. That's facts. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> but yeah, I, I just think like. I can't speak for anybody else, but I, I just think for me, like my uh, my freedom is important. Not that I won't feel anything because I my my um, the person that murdered my uncle is on trial right now. You know what I mean? And he's supposed to be getting sentenced, uh, I think, this week. So obviously there's feelings involved. Um, but I just <laughs> I, I just think for me, like my there's. N- I have a goal in mind of where I want to go. Like, I don't know of any situation where I would want to throw away my freedom <coughs> for right. revenge or something like that. And that's right. just me. There are some people that they, they don't mind, you know, maybe Kane. I mean, I'm sure he thought about the consequences. He, he may not mind sitting behind uh, a jail cell, you know, in, you know, just because he avenged his uh, his niece. Mm-hmm. Um but that's that's me. That's not me personally. You gotta, you gotta. I think that. I think that multiple things are true. Everything you're saying is true. There's probably be some people like I don't know. I don't. I agree with Keith because if they did that to my son or my daughter or my niece, I would be this. Like I think that all of these things are true, folks. Everything what you're saying is true. What Keith's saying is true. I just think that since we're we're so there's such a wide spectrum of people. And, and, and how we would deal with this situation that all of these things are true, but they're true to us individually. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Excuse me. Um, man, I'm drinking that damn cranberry juice and it's generic. It don't even got a name. <laughs> Just say cranberry. You think I'm fucking playing? Look. What did it say on the front? That motherfucker oh, is that like, great value, huh? Oh, it's great value. I guess yeah. that's the brand mm-hmm. for those. Shout out to Walmart, yo. But you got to put a real name on this. <laughs> this motherfucker Just Sorry. say cranberry. Cranberry, yeah. Yeah. You gotta clear out that UTI, huh? What? <laughs> yeah, man, that's nuts. Yeah. So, and my thoughts and prayers go out to Kane Velasquez. I, I, I think that the judge could have handled that situation a little better. Oh uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think he assumed that somebody would be trying to kill him as he left the courthouse or whatever, but. Yeah, and, I, and it's it's tough to say because there were so many things that I felt like went wrong in this situation. Um, it's hard to say, like, what could have been done. Maybe it's a, a population thing or maybe it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. just too many people um, in the prisons. But to let him go home to the same place where he and probably molested w- those kids. Th- there's a lot that we don't know also. They got to understand that in the prison system or in the jail, they have they have your paperwork. And the inmates that are there can see what you do. And inmates kill rapists. That is a known fact. Yeah, he might not have even made it to his trial. He may not made it there. So maybe for his safety, he was released. But it's like to have mercy on a rapist is really fucked up. Yeah, man. You know, um, freaking, um, what was I going to say here? Dang it, I just want to say something else. Um, yeah, uh, that's that's really it. Uh, Jeez, I had a point about him leaving. Uh, wow, we'll have to. 
Remember, that's the thing that sucks about being in your 30s. You could have an amazing point. You'd be like, yeah, that's real. And then two minutes later, you're like, fuck, what was I thinking about? <laughs> yeah. Damn it. What do they call that? Um, something retrograde, what's it called? I don't know. I know I, I got to look it up. It's something retrograde. It's what we all go through. It's like you mm-hmm. reach a certain age and it just, shit just starts happening. Yeah. Let me hold Let me look it up. Let me look <laughs> retrograde. Up. Yeah. I know I'm not tripping. Um, hold on. It's not retrograde. Uh, uh, no. Dang it. Let me see. It's something where your brain starts. Your brain starts processing shit different. Mm. Cause a symptom. Retrograde amnesia. No, I don't have that. Uh-oh. Let's hope not. Uh, what is retrograde memory? Retrograde memory impairment refers to loss of memories uh, loss of memories a person has laid down prior to their brain injury. Oh, no, no, no. Definitely not this. Damn it. There was a different terminology used, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll come up with it. Uh, trouble assessing memories from before onset. Meet. Nope. All right. Well, uh, fumbled that one. Switching gears. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Uh, recently, Russell Westbrook's wife was tired of the slander that her husband was getting. Um, due to his bad play. Um, and here it is. Where are we at? Where the fuck? See, this is. Jeez, I hate retro this. Retro day killing you today. It's fucking me up. <laughs> okay, basically. Let me see. Hold on. Uh, this is for context purposes. I like to have the actual thing. I don't know what happened. I literally had it uh, up here. Okay, let's see. What did she say? Calls out Skip Bayless two days ago. Here we go. Russell Westbrook's wife calls out Skip Bayless for criticizing a Laker. Um, Westbrook's wife isn't biting her tongue on Friday. Nina Westbrook took to social media to accuse Skip Bayless of blocking her on Twitter. Wow. The licensed therapist and former UCLA basketball player was seemingly confused over the move as she believed it was Bayless who was always on the offensive and constantly trashing her husband. I found out that, that, that Skip Bayless blocked me on Twitter as though I'm the one constantly harassing him and calling out his name, she wrote. Mr. Bayless, I'm not a real person. If you're able to use your platform to degrade my husband and constantly call him out of his name, then at least be adult enough to deal with the consequences of your actions. Don't try to erase me from your reality to make yourself feel better about your choices. I'm here. There's no need to block me. That's what she wrote, right? Mm-hmm. Um, here's the deal. I'm just going to be honest. I think that when we love people, we want to protect them, right? We want to protect them from you know people talking bad about them or whatever. But Russell Westbrook is playing like dog shit. He is playing absolutely horrible. This is the worst Laker team I have ever fucking seen in my life. And Westbrook is a part of it. He is hurting the team. And this is not me just saying this. Like, he's really hurting the fucking team. Mm -hmm. This dude is playing terrible. He turns the ball over too much. All of these things. Regardless of how great his career has been, he is playing like... He is playing like he is drunk out there. It is terrible, Mm -hmm. right? Now, as long as you're praising Westbrook, I'm sure he has no problem with that. I'm sure his wife has no problem with that. 
But I think at the same time, we do not need to coddle the people that we love. When they are playing bad and people are talking about them, they need to feel it. We need to stop overly protecting the people we love. This goes for parents, too. If your child is doing some dumb shit and let's say they commit some little crime and they get arrested. Don't be out there like my kid is a good kid. No, let the police take his fucking ass to the jail cell. You need to stop trying to coddle and protect people when they playing sorry in sports or they fucking up or they committing crimes. They need to feel what they're doing. And in this case, I know you're this man's wife and you want to protect them. But I think sometimes we need to take a step back and say, hey, my wife, the way she playing the basketball or my husband, the way they playing basketball is low key trash right now. Mm -hmm. They're better than this. I think as a wife, it may have been more effective if she said, hey, babe, I love you, but you need to step up. Mm -hmm. The biggest lesson I've ever learned in my personal life is when my dad sat me on the bench. I talked about this before. I was hurting the team. I shot like two air balls, and then I shot over the basketball court completely, over the backboard, everything. My dad yanked my fucking ass right out. Mm-hmm. Yanked me out and sat me on the bench until I could self-evaluate. He left me on the bench until I could self-evaluate how badly I was hurting the team, mm-hmm. right? And finally, he was like, you got your mind right? You ready to play now? He The whole first quarter, I was on the bench. And even my teammates was like, damn. And the parents was like, oh, my God, he's put his son on the bench. Mm-hmm. But when I got in the game, I scored like 26 points. But by then, I was able to psychologically get my mind right. Yeah. But, dog. In this case, you can't keep defending somebody when they're not putting out the product that they did before. Yeah. I think I think there is a I think I don't know. It's it's tough to say because I think a lot of women they like to uh there's a supportive aspect especially when it comes to athletes. So, mm-hmm. and Skip Bayless is a person that like LeBron James could score 56 points and mm-hmm. he'll call him LeBrick or something mm-hmm. like that. Or he'll mention him not closing out the game or he got saved again by Carmelo Anthony or whatever the case may be. Um, so I, I think I understand it in a sense where like his wife is probably trying to like, you know, go at Skip Bayless because he always calling him Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it is, it's, it comes with the territory, man. Like he, decided to play in Los Angeles, you know, and mm-hmm. in, in, excuse me, in his hometown. And we understand that Los Angeles, the Lakers organization, there's, it's a winning culture there. They don't tolerate, they don't tolerate losing teams. If, if it don't work out within a couple of years, generally they're going to mix it up and start getting rid of people and try to bring in uh different, different people. Um, but you're right. Like he, he's not playing that well. And, and whatever the, um, whatever formula they had for um, him, as far as like the way they communicated to him, as um, you know, during this stretch of bad play, it's not, it's not working. Yeah. So you know, they may need to to switch it up. And I, and I think you know, in terms of any relationship, I would hope you would have the space to. And he, she, his wife don't have to get on his case, but no, you know, just an honest conversation about his play because you're only saying we're on, this is only a conversation because we know the potential. We 100%. know the averaging a triple double for three years or something crazy like that. And, you know, obviously the, 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 
numerous all-star games and the highlights we've seen in the Western Conference Finals and all these different things. Like, we've seen it on display. We've seen him carry um, the Thunder pretty much by himself and you know, a bunch of young people around him um, to a playoff berth and all these different things. We've seen we've seen it before. Uh, it's just not, it's not clicking right now. And I think that... Mm-hmm. Um, Similarly to you, I remember uh, that's the difficult part about professional athletes. Sometimes, like you, they're almost above criticism a lot of times, and it's that's not okay. Yeah, and I, I can remember once um, my first game, my senior year of, of football season, I was playing. Um, I played cornerback, but I was playing the game, and we were winning, and everything was cool. At least I thought it was cool. Um, and I had mess. I had screwed up on a couple plays, but it, they didn't cost us anything because the quarterback might have overthrew the receiver or whatever the case may be. But um, going into halftime, uh, Coach Gola, he's like, "Yo, son, you're getting abused out there." And I was like, "I thought I was playing good." But um, I went in at halftime and like I got my act together, and then the rest of the season, I kind of like made sure I prepared in a way to where I that he would never have to say that to me again. But, you know, in terms of like Russell Westbrook, I, I could imagine like the way that, you know, you're you're getting paid X amount of millions of dollars. You're the person that people want to see you right. s- the jerseys a- around the arena. Um, you're more famous than, you know, anybody in the or- organization outside of LeBron and a couple other people on the team. And it's just like you may not even have this. There's there's probably not even a, a, a space to even have any sort of criticism for for him and it may be some passive stuff like it was times um i don't know i haven't watched the laker game in a minute but it was times where he wasn't closing out the games yeah and he was you know saying like you know i I wish i was out there to help my help my teammates and stuff like that but you could tell like it wasn't really no communication it was just like yo sit on the bench and you just not going in and you know we're gonna have whoever else in the game My, my biggest issue with with russell westbrook more specifically is his lack of accountability for his poor play. I think as a man or as a human being, when you're not getting things done, when you could when you could stand up in front of everybody and say, you know what? I'm not playing good. That was a bad game. That's inexcusable. I set a higher standard for myself and I need to play better. Not one fucking time have I heard that. And that's why as a 49er fan, I highly disapprove of Jimmy Garoppolo. I've watched Jimmy Garoppolo every fucking week throw an interception and throw for 130 something yards and then say, yeah, you know, as a team, we just couldn't get it done. No, motherfucker. You need to say, hey, I was a part of that loss. Mm-hmm. I was a part of that loss because of how poorly I played. No one is above reproach. No one's above reproach. We need to stop allowing like people to get away with like being nonchalant while they fuck up. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's it says a lot about you when you could stand up. Um, left tackle for the Tennessee Titans, uh, I think it's Taylor Lewan. Um, he said he said one game he said, "Man, I was trash out there. Mm-hmm. I got to be better, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it, it it really affected the team. I was pure." trash out there mm-hmm. that's not good that's not the brand of football that i play that was trash mm-hmm. that's what he said about himself after a game yeah that's I man it says a lot about you when you could realize that's what's going on but what i noticed about even lebron james it was one of the last games before the 56 points he was arguing with a with a fan mm-hmm. it's like dog what are you doing yeah 
you arguing with a fan, and it's because the Lakers are sorry right now. I'm a diehard Laker fan, but I can't even stomach the fucking games anymore. It's embarrassing. But we also, I mean, I can't say, I don't. Do you know what they said? What do you mean? What the fans said? I don't know what they said. I, I don't know what they said specifically. I'm saying because there was once where he was arguing with a fan, and they told him that they wished his son died in a car accident or something. Yeah, they did. That's super fucked up. Yeah, but I, my thing is, I just don't know why you are interacting with motherfuckers in the fan in the stands. Mm-hmm. Run the plays. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, I can't tell anybody what they should be receptive or not receptive to. Mm-hmm. But when you sitting there really arguing with these motherfuckers, like, bro, they came to watch. Bro, look, look here, this is what I you got to put this into perspective. You came, you paid money to watch me. Why the fuck am I arguing with you for? Mm-hmm. You came to watch me. Yeah. That's the thing. That's an athlete thing, though. Like they are so aware of their surroundings. I don't think that affects LeBron's game. I just think that that's just he just choose picks and choose who he talks to. Yeah, but it's insecurity too, though. I think that there's a certain amount of insecurity that you have to have to be a Kevin Durant, to be a LeBron James. Mm-hmm. The fact that when people are like, "Man, you're the best player ever, man. I love you, this and that," you're like, "Yeah, yeah, all right, appreciate you. I heard that a million times. All right, thank you." But mm-hmm. when the motherfucker's like, LeBron, you play terrible, you losing your hair, this is going on, that's going to get his attention. Because yeah. he's a human being, first of yeah. all. So, I mean, as a human being, you're going to respond. But to always act like you're above that when you're really not. LeBron, look, especially LeBron has been pretty off-putting at times as a Laker. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, come on, man. And him scoring 56 points, that didn't impress me, man. Look at our, Look at the, look at the record, man. Mm-hmm. Lakers sorry as a motherfucker. <laughs> he's thirty seven though. I think that was cool. Yeah, he's thirty seven. That's great. That's fun. <laughs> LeBron thirty seven. Great. And they beat the Warriors. And they beat the Warriors. That's a great. But I mean, you're gonna go right out there and get your ass whipped by the Pelicans. Got blown out. Yeah. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. I really hope, honestly, just blow the team up. Like get rid of everybody. I'd rather watch a bunch of young Lakers. Coming up with a with a completely new roster, mm-hmm. then watch the this is the worst super team ever. Yeah, AD can't play, can't even play the game because he always falling down. LeBron out there, a one man show, you know. Um, fucking, uh, uh, I forget the other star we got. Supposed to be Carmelo, don't do shit. Arisa don't do shit. Carmelo, Westbrook Arisa. don't do shit. Mm-hmm. What's the point of having these motherfuckers there? I yeah. Rather, I rather that you know the more exciting team that I liked. I liked that team when Kuzma first came in with Kuzma and motherfucking uh, Brandon Ingram and Brandon Ingram mm-hmm. and goddamn Jordan uh, Clarkson. No, that was that's the older, older young team. Mm. The one that had uh, what's the name Lonzo on it. Mm, yeah, yeah, Lonzo Kuzma, um, all those, uh, Ingram, all those young guys. Mm-hmm. They weren't that great, but it was really exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. A lot of promising basketball to be in the future. Before them, Randall was there. Some good Julius basketball. Julius Randall, yeah. Julius Randall was some mm-hmm. good hoop, man. And then they blew that team up, brought in LeBron. LeBron brought that culture to the team. That shit lasted one year. And, then we, and it really don't feel like the Lakers even won a title. Yeah, it was in a bubble, so it's the it's bubble just felt just, like mm-hmm. it just felt diluted. It felt mm-hmm. like when you pour too much water and gate and uh and Kool Aid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. It was just like some fruit punch. It was like this cranberry juice without no brand. <laughs> water drink. What? <laughs> Orange drink. <laughs> fruity fruity blast. One yeah. percent juice. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, man, all I'm saying is is um. I think that, you know, her natural 
reaction to this was wanting to protect her husband, but your husband need to man up and admit how horrible he's playing. Yeah. And I think as spouses, as boyfriends, girlfriends, we got to be more honest with the people that we date too. Because if you dating a girl and she complains about things not going right, but you look at her effort and it doesn't match the complaints, you'd be like, hey, you need to toughen up. Mm-hmm. Like I would be real quick to be like, look, I, I love you to death, but you need to toughen up. All mm-hmm. you do is quit. You mm-hmm. better than that. You need to get your ass back out there and get it done again. Yeah. And women, I hate you for it. They'll fucking hate you. You're not with me. You're talking bad to me. But once they finally apply themselves and apply what you're telling them to do, they're going to see, hey, Eddie doesn't hate me. He mm-hmm. loves me. He just wants the best for me. Yeah. So I think I can't tell her how she she should be reacting, but don't be getting mad at Skip Bayless and everybody else when your man playing like he, like a, like dog shit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I think it. You you have to know the temperature of the household, right? So I would hope she knows how to. And she's if she's a psychologist, I I would hope she would know even on a deeper level, um, what could get him going. But yeah, I I don't think that 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 whole like. I'm going at anybody that disrespects my husband. That's yeah. not going to help him play better. Be a on psychologist, how's that helping anything? Yeah, yeah. Use, use your degree. Use some of that logic you got. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, that's all I got, man. So everybody, send your prayers to the Lakers. They need it. Yeah, and send Eddie some news on Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Oh, how old man. you gonna be? Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Yeah, Brown Send me 37 nudes. <laughs> I, know I know y'all got 37 nudes there. People, yeah. People still out here sending nudes, man. This is, this is, I, it's a, I remember it was probably like three years ago, easily. <clears throat> around, yeah, mm, over three years ago. I was just playing around. I was like, yo, it's my birthday. Send me some nudes. And I, this chick really sent me her whole naked body. I was like, yo. On Snap? Yep. The Snap is a place to, um, place to get them for sure i just opened it up and just seen some titties on there <laughs> no context just titties just straight titties huh? i was like wow that's wow. how you know people listen to the pot yeah i was just like i was like hey uh thanks i guess <laughs> said just hit my a hey, matter of fact you know for keith's birthday and mine's because keith was birthday was on the second mm-hmm. and mine's is on the eighth mm-hmm. my sister's is on the 11th Mm-hmm. Crazy. Your brother's yeah. on the fourteenth, right? Eighteenth. Eighteenth. Your mm-hmm. dad's is on the twenty fourth or something. Yeah, I always. I'm a. I ain't gonna front. I always forget my dad. I think it might be the twenty third. Twenty third. Fuck, man. So many March birthdays. Yeah, March is always the dopest month. So many March birthdays. Yeah, my niece's was on the third uh, also. Oh shit! One mm-hmm. day after yours. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. So man, so dope. All right, so shout out to all the March birthdays too. Yes, sir. Um, and folks, uh, to all those that tune in and made it to the end of the podcast, we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. We're out of here. Peace.